Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Yeah, I Said It. And you're checking out the program on Friday, July 3rd, 2020. Before I jump into the program, I want to give a big shout out to all of the participants who helped bring you the fantastic content on Behind the Steel Curtain. I want to give a big shout out to the Oracle of the program, Dave Schofield and the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. want to give a big shout to Mike Beck, interview getter extraordinaire and deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. also want to give a big shout out to Brian Anthony Davis, podcast director. Give a shout out to Big Bro Sco and Tony Defio. And I want to give a big shout out to all of you who helped make this program what it is. I want to thank you guys for jumping in as well. Hopefully you guys are celebrating in the States. You're celebrating this Friday for Independence Weekend on Saturday. want to encourage all of you guys that are going out there to celebrate this weekend on Independence Day. I want to give you guys, uh, I just want to urge that you guys go out there and the nation keep the nation safe. It is imperative important that we do that, particularly if we want to have football and some of the other things that we enjoy in this country. So make sure you're out there wearing your masks, socially distancing, and keeping everybody safe. So make sure you do that. Uh, last but not least, if you want to participate in the program, hit the like button. We need some subscriptions, man. We guys, we, we're bringing you guys fantastic content. We need you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the program, like the program as well. We have multiple platforms. You could do it. You can do it on the, on the podcast world. If you're on a podcast, you have a podcast reader or feeder, make sure you just do a search for Behind the Steel Curtain or BTSC or Steelers Podcast. You'll find the show there. And also, we have the YouTube channel. So if you're on YouTube um, and, you, and you can't catch it live on YouTube, just do what you can, man. Help us out. Support us. The topic of this program is, yeah, I said it. Big Ben needs as much preseason work as possible. We've talked about a ton of different topics, missing pieces on the roster, all types of different stuff. But I think we can all agree that Big Ben is the most important piece for the Steelers to get back to the playoffs and to compete for a world championship. Now, we all know what Ben has gone through. He's coming off of a season-ending elbow surgery or elbow injury last year. And we know that Ben, by the time the season starts, and we'll talk about that as well, that he has not played football for over a year. Now, the big news that came out earlier this week was that the preseason is being cut to two games. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's being cut to the second and third games. There'll be no first and fourth games. And I think the importance around a second and third game is that's typically when your starting quarterback will play football. Now, when I ask the question or I make the statement, Big Ben needs as much preseason work as possible, with the with preseason games being cut, in this COVID world in terms of training camp, so on and so forth, and not having uh, you know, many camps and so on and so forth. The question is, how are the Steelers going to prepare Big Ben? 
you know, how are they going to prepare Big Ben? How is Big Ben going to get the reps necessary for him to be sharp? Now, I'm on record as saying, even before a lot of the COVID-19 pandemic had started, that I thought Ben would be would be sluggish. I think the biggest impediment for Ben was not going to be necessarily his arm or his health, because I think the arm is repaired. I think the Steelers are confident that the arm is prepared and healthy and sound. But I think it's the touch. I mean, think of it. If you're a golfer, and big up to Felicia, big up everybody in the live chat. If you're a golfer, just think about putting. And just think about your short game. You know, you can hit golf balls in practice. You know, you can throw to your receivers in practice and so on and so forth. And But when you're on a putting green and, and when you're trying to hit the, 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 these really good shots in the clutch and you're trying to have touch, you know, you have trying to have touch with your short game, chipping and putting, you need reps. Ben needs a ton of reps. And like Brad Jewett said, he's going to need a ton of reps to establish rhythm, to establish rhythm. And not only establish rhythm, it's establishing a rapport and relearning his young wide receivers. Although he's played with Juju and James Washington, he has not played with them in over a year. They may run their routes differently. He may be throwing the ball differently. Whether that means he's throwing with more zip, less zip, less accuracy, more accuracy, whatever it is, there are unknowns there. And because of that, and because of the shortened preseason, and because of the unsure nature of how you're going to conduct a training camp within a pandemic, Ben needs as much work as possible. He needs to be making a lot of those practice throws. He needs to be playing more snaps in the preseason than he normally does. It has to be operation Get Big Ben prepared immediately. He has to be making a ton of throws. And but that, but but if he's making a lot of throws, he's playing more in preseason games. And I anticipate the preseason is going to be canceled completely. Because I think the last thing they want to do is have prominent players test positive for COVID-19 while playing a preseason game. That means nothing. They infect a bunch of people on their team, and somehow that team has to be in quarantine and may not be able to start the season. So I anticipate that there will be no preseason games. So that, And if that happens, that will be even more difficult. And here's the thing. With Ben making all these throws, you're going to have to manage his arm. You're going to have to manage his arm well to see how he how he recovers, what the soreness is going to be like, and if he can handle a full load of throws in practice because he's going to have to throw the ball a ton to reestablish timing and to reestablish his mental clock 
in terms of how he's processing things. I mean, the advantage for the Steelers is that Ben knows the offense and that the offense is totally catered to him. Let me jump into this question by Albert Fujisaki. He said, would you say backup QBs need the preseason more than Ben? No, not in this instance, because Ben Roethlisberger is coming off of an injury and he has to reestablish rhythm. He has to go into the first season feeling real frisky, feeling like his rhythm is sound and intact and that the cohesion that he has with his wide receivers is on point and crispy. Alfred also said, I understand he needs to work back to where he was, but I believe he would come relatively quickly. That's the perception and it could happen. But if you haven't done anything for a year, especially at the highest level in the National Football League, I don't know if it comes back very quickly. I don't know if it comes back very quickly. But for it to come back very quickly, they're going to have to rep it out. They're going to have to rep it to death. For it to come back very quickly, in my opinion, it will take a bunch of throws and a bunch of snaps. And that was part one of his comment. The part two of Alfred's comment is he thinks that backups need more, even more work because they all have that experience under their belts now and need preseason to capitalize on their experience and prove their shortcomings. Here's the problem. With Ben coming off of injury, normally I would say that Alfred would be 100% right. That if Ben was not coming off of injury, I would say that the preponderance of throws would need to go to the backups to get them prepared. But that's not the case. Ben is going to have to, I think Ben is going to take a bunch of practice snaps away from Mason and Duck Hodges because they need to get him up and running. Now that could change, like Alfred said, if it does come along fairly quickly and that Ben comes up to snuff very fast and that he's ready to go, and they like what they're seeing. But it's going to take a lot of work. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work right now because of COVID-19 and the pandemic. You know, I don't know how much work all these guys are getting. Are, are getting. We're seeing some of the internet stuff where they're throwing, but that still is not, you know, being under center, calling out the plays, you know, playing not just against air, but playing against pushing and shoving and playing against people and and, and, and fitting these tight throws in there. And, 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 and Alfred also chimed in, it's muscle memory for a 15-year veteran is what I feel like it would happen. His muscles will know how to throw. I mean, he'll know how to throw the football, but it's touch. It's touch. And that's what I talked that, and that's what I tried to to illustrate when I talked about the short game and in golf. You know how to putt, you know how to chip, but it's regaining that touch. It's regaining that touch and trust, and that's just how you throw it. But it's also the continuity that has to be reestablished with his wide receivers. You have to relearn that, and you have to adjust to game speed. Practice and game speed, like Justin Conway is saying, it, it, it's very different. And all of this just really has to be repped to death. And Awesome Stuff 1983 is right. This has been analyzed to death. But the importance of this is it's the most important thing. And the importance of this is, is how does this happen in the pandemic?
Because if there was no pandemic, I'd be fine. He's going to rep it to death. They're going to throw after practice. They're going to do a lot of throwing and a lot of extra work to reestablish the rhythm and timing. It's just how do you do this in the pandemic? Let me jump into the comment from Reed Overhand. Big up to Reed. Long-time listener to the program. Love Reed's picture, him and his boo with the Pittsburgh Steeler gear on. That's a nice picture. If the preseason is canceled, they're going to have to set up scrimmages with or something with other teams. They're not going to do that. I believe the NFL has already said that that's not going to happen. You're not going to have another team travel to your facility. You're just not. I mean, you're just not. You're not going to increase the bodies on your facility. You're going to keep your team as isolated as possible. And it's going to be, you know, and that's one of the biggest things that's going to go into the success of a team. And that, and that's one of the things that the Steelers have an advantage with an experienced coaching staff is how are you going to manage your team during COVID-19? Like, how are you going to keep your team you know, responsible? How are you going to manage guys to make sure they're doing the right things? But they're not going to do that. They're not going to have those scrimmages. I mean, you know, they're not going to say it. And Brad, you had already chimed in and said the NFL has already said the combined practices are forbidden. No, they're not going to do it. It's going to be really tough. I mean, you know, it's going to absolutely be really tough. Now, there was one thing, a news bit that came on that said players could be fined for virus violations for reckless behavior. And that kind of just goes to my previous comment. You know, COVID-19 is going to put the preparation of a football team into some very uncharted waters. And, and and this is part of it. You know, with virus violations is how do you keep how do you keep your team on point? Let me jump into another comment from Albert Fujisaki. Thank you Albert for all of these questions. He said, "Okay, Lance, let me ask this. If this was a normal season with four preseason games, Four, four preseason games. Four preseason games. Would Ben have played more than usual the third game anyway? I think Ben would have played more in the second game. I think he would not have played in the first. He would not would have played in the fourth. And I think Ben would have played much more in the second game. I think Ben would have possibly played a half in both of these games, possibly early into the third quarter, just to get right and just to get that rhythm and timing in games, and possibly just to work a lot more with Deontay Johnson in game-time situations. And so Alfred said, do you think he'd play another game to get game speed back? Uh, Well, no, not an additional game. I think he would take more snaps and more series in both of the two games that he would play in preseason. You wouldn't see the light workload from Big Ben in the preseason that you typically would see. I mean, that, 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 that's my thought with that. Um, Snowman chimed in when he said, um, you know, possibly there'll be more scrimmages. Um, sorry, I hit the wrong comment there. Will be more scrimmages between the offense and defense. I could see that where you have more scrimmages and you do more live work like that. Big up to bad. Listen to the program. He said, I agree with Lance on games two and three. I mean, you, you, you'll just play more. He'll play more snaps in game two and three. I mean, you've got to get the guy up to game speed, regardless of what you think he should be because he's played a certain amount of time. You know, football isn't the faith business. Like, you know, you have to have faith in a lot of other things and aspects in your in, in your life, but football isn't the faith thing, F- isn't the faith business. Football is the I got to see it to believe it business. And, and, and they want to see it. 
and they and they want to see it. Let me jump into the comments from Dave Shipley. I'm laughing at this one. He says, uh, Ben does what he wants and how he feels. I don't know if I can necessarily argue with that. You guys know how I feel when it comes to Ben and how Ben moves, but I'll just say this. If you can swing the hammer, you should swing the hammer like the mighty Thor. Let me jump back into Alfred, and Alfred's my co-host today. Don't get jealous that I'm popping up Alfred's comments. And Alfred, make sure you subscribe and like the program and tell every one of your friends because this has turned into, yeah, I said it, hosted by Lance Williams and co-hosted by Alfred Fujisaki. Alfred said, can you fix the lack of preseason games by allowing more joint practices and scrimmage type of settings? Again, I mean, you, you in the future you could, but not right now during the pandemic. You know, they're just not going to have joint practices. It's 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 not going to happen. Um, let me jump into this comment by Awesome Stuff 1983. And I'm assuming that Awesome Stuff is, I guess he was born in 1983. He's a young buck. Pick up the Awesome Stuff. He said, it's up to our defense to get Ben ready. And, and he's right. And, and I think even in a great situation, it's going to take Ben some time to get acclimated. Um, but I think he's right. I think awesome stuff is right. They're going to have to lean to the running game and defense early to let get to let Ben be comfortable and not having to be Ben early in the season. My ideal scenario would be Ben is not thrown into I have to wear the cape scenario early in the season where he can acclimate, be comfortable, and not have to shoulder the load and put everything on his back. Let me jump into a super chat comment. Or a question from Felicia Ballard. Thank you for the $10 contribution. What's up, Felicia? She said, I'm sorry, but I don't want to get hyped up with Ben coming back and seeing a rhythm with the offense and someone does a hit and we're back to 2019. My fear is the protection more than anything else. And that's a great point, Felicia. It's a great point is that how do you balance it as a staff? You know that Ben Roethlisberger is coming off of injury. You know that in the pandemic, trying to get the reps might be tough. You know those things, right? But you also know that because you have Duck and Mason Rudolph as your backups, unless they make a significant leap in 2020, and that may be hard to do because their reps and their ability to get ready have been severely limited as well, your season is over. So you could see a scenario where Ben plays no preseason games, but Ben gets a preponderance of the reps in practice. And in fact, I'm glad Felicia asked this question because the way I'm thinking about it is I'd rather go that route. I'd rather Ben get ready in practice and rely on the fact that he's a 15-year vet and will know how to navigate himself and get ready and navigate the situation of being in games and game speed. That we might do more, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's inter-squad, not intra-squad. No, it's intra-squad because intra, I believe, is within like an intranet 
not internet. I think it's intra. I'd rather go with a lot more intra squad with the red or whatever the red little penny that they wear. And I'm saying penny because of soccer. That's what we call them in soccer. You wear the red pennies on your jersey where he can't be hit. You minimize the reps of the backups in practice. Ben gets a majority of the practice reps, and Duck and Mason have to play all of the preseason to try to get them ready to go as quick as possible with the fact that Ben could get hurt at any time. I kind of like that philosophy better. I, I like that better. And thank you, Felicia, for that, for, for getting me right and changing my, my, my thought process. Uh, because I, I like that better because I think I'll take a rusty but healthy Big Ben than a hurt Big Ben and Mason Rudolph and those guys and Duck Dynasty and those guys get to play. Maybe I would I would rather take Ben getting ready kind of in games and getting up to speed and struggling some, but then starting to look better later in the season but still be healthy than Mason or Duck play at any time of the season let me jump into another comment uh from brian anthony davis but we've seen this movie before in 2020 the first quarter is crucial i'm rolling the dice uh i'm gonna just say you know ben's health is even more important than ben being ready um and i'd rather him be healthy than hurt obviously and I'd rather him it I'd rather it take time for him to get in sync with his wide receivers and the offense while he's healthy. Let me jump into a comment from Ryan O'Toole. Ben has been slow to sync with his re receivers the past couple of seasons, but maybe his elbow was partially to blame. I don't know if you could I I, I see what Ryan O'Toole is saying. If if his point means because you can't practice because of the bad elbow, it's hard to get in sync. If that's the case, and I would agree 100% that his lack of practice and his lack of ability to get reps would absolutely impair his ability to get in sync with his wide receivers. And I'm laughing would deal with it to Felicia's comments. Deal with it said, don't live in your fears, Felicia. And then Felicia chimed back and said, deal. 2020 brought me brought the fear hey felicia i mean i think th these are in the famous words of roberta flack these are trying times and i i don't blame anyone if, if they've been partially fearful but there's no need to be fearful be faithful that's what you should be let me jump back into another question from my co-host Alfred Fujisaki and Alfred chimed in and said, honestly, I feel like the lack of preseason and offseason work in general might cause a rash of injuries all year long. Wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised to see a spike in injuries. You know, it's going to be interesting. They're going to get some offseason work and it's just interesting. I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, Alfred sounds like a very smart guy. And it's going to be very hard to necessarily draw a causal relationship between the two, but I, I but, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, maybe you can you can peel it back and say certain type of injuries 
could be tied to a lack of preseason or offseason work. Like if you tear an ACL, that's not due to that. Maybe if you pull a hamstring, you know, you, you pull a quad, you know, maybe pulls. You know, this is where Jeff Hartman could help me. Um, you know, because I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the body as well as he does. Um, you know, big up to Jeff and big up up to those guys at DK Pittsburgh Sports. You know, I'm sore. Shirt certain injuries are due to lack of work. Um, what I think with the lack of preseason and offseason work is, I think offenses are going to be way behind, and I think defenses are going to clean up on offenses early. Let me jump into another question. Um, and I jump into another question from Awesome Stuff 1983. He said, I feel like after la- last season, Lance has really come to appreciate Ben more <laughs> as he laughs. Remember the videos about Mason taking Ben's job? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I, I, I have I have come to begrudgingly appreciate Ben Moore. I even think Ben, if he plays well this season, will get extended next year and play to his early 40s because of this defense, Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, and those guys being an awesome unit. I think the Steelers are not going to um, – sacrifice this elite defense and give it every chance to try to guide the Steelers to a Super Bowl. Let me jump into this comment from Tad Digital. T.A. Is it T.A. Digital? I think it's T.A. Digital. To Digital. I wish when we brought up people's names that there was a pronunciation that came with it. That'd be cool. To Digital. Like, I, I don't know what that means, but big up to To Digital. Should we commit to running game early in the season and allow Ben to ease into rhythm? The interesting thing is that uh, what that question is, James Conner gets hurt too. So if you lean on the running game, will your best running back be able to handle the increased load? I mean, that's the question. That makes sense. I mean, what you're saying makes sense to digital, like to Dow digital. Uh, but the thing is, can he take the pounding? We've seen that he's off injured. And if Connor's not running a rock, I don't feel confident with any of the other backs. Let me jump into another comment from Felicia. Felicia said, yes, Ryan, because when they're hot after bye week and we are unstoppable, and then after the bye week, they come out lukewarm. Yes, I love the banter back and forth between everybody on the live chat. Let me jump into this comment from vaping all day. He said, I still don't think we will have football with the pandemic going on. Vaping, you're going to have football. I am 100% sure, 100% sure that there will be football. I am a thousand percent sure that football will start. I believe it is on September 10th. I am also a hundred percent sure that there will be no fans in the stands for the game on September 10th. There may be fans in the stands at some point during the season, but I'm inclined to believe that there will be no fans in stands in 2020. I think putting tarp 
Big up to Robert Sasevich when he said Lance have a cognac on me. Uh, I, I, I think that the NFL has found a creative way. They're, cop they're copying Premier League soccer and uh, different sports in terms of how to have to recapture some of the lost revenue in stadiums by tarping off some area and putting ads. I think this will allow teams to not have fans in stands. I don't think teams want to manage a pandemic in their stands. They're football teams. They're not health organizations. Why manage it if you don't have to and you can recoup some of the revenue lost by offering ads in the stands? There will be no fans in stands, and they will play every single game. However, caveat, if your team is irresponsible, you don't have adequate leadership in your locker room from your vets to young players. You don't have a strong coach and a strong front office. Your team will suffer numerous COVID-19 outbreaks in your locker rooms. Or and I shouldn't say outbreaks, but you're going to get infections if your locker room. If your team is irresponsible, you don't have a veteran leadership, you don't have a strong coach, owner, and front office. How the league will manage infections in season it has yet to be determined. It will be interesting to see how they do that because if a couple of people get infected, you're going to have to do contact tracing within your locker room and see how many people they've been in contact with, and you're going to have to do massive testing. The season will occur. There is too much money at stake. This is capitalism. They will figure out a way to manage the health issue and continue to make money. There will be a season. So vaping all day, I guarantee you, they don't want to lose no money. And because of that, they will come up with creative ways to manage this. And if, and uh, Miguel Zago said, I think Buffalo won't have fans in the stands this season. And, and, and to that question, if there's no stands in one stadium, there will be no fans in no stadiums. Uh, there won't be fans in any stadiums. And in California, currently where I stay, you know, cases have just spiked up and they're just ballooning. And there are three teams in California, two in L.A. Um, and one in the Bay Area in San Francisco. It used to be four teams. There will be nobody in stands in a game in California anytime soon. There will be no mass gatherings anytime soon. I don't think this year. So it'll be interesting how it happens. But there will be games, but there will also be no fans in the stands. Uh, let me jump into um, – and so Robert Sassavis also asked, what will teams do to keep these party animals from going out and getting the virus? Finding them. Finding them. That, that that That's what they'll be doing is they will be finding them to death and they're going to look to make an example of someone by finding them. Andrew Wilbur asked, the NFL will play while all our leagues are scared to death and the other leagues will be sorry they weren't more bold. Yeah, I said it. It's not about being scared or bold. I mean, we're talking about individuals' lives and we're talking about individuals' families. I think the way we look at the game as fans is we just look at the fan part and the consumption of the game part. They work with these individuals and they have a relationship with these individuals. They know these players personally and they don't want to put these players in harm's way. 
They don't want to impact these players and their families. Also, they don't want to impact coaches. You have a lot of old coaches on a lot of different staffs who are at risk. So the pandemic is most important, not our entertainment, not our entertainment. So and it's not about being bold or being scared. It's about being wise and managing this responsibly. It's not about being scared. And and and, and just ask all of those people in Texas and in Florida who weren't scared. Just just talk to them now. Um, let me jump into my co-host question as well. Alfred Fujisaki, my other co-host, said, what I don't understand is why the NFL doesn't take a page out of what European soccer leagues are doing. Empty stands, artificial noise, lower the risk of everyone. I think they are going to do that, Alfred. I think they're going to jump on that on board. And big up to you. I'm a Man City fan. Alfred, what's your club? Um they're going to empty the stands. They're going to tarp everything off and put a bunch of ads all over the place and pipe in noise. It's great. I don't miss fans not being in the stands when I'm watching Premier League soccer. I don't miss it. What you guys have to realize is National League football games are production shows. They're TV shows. They're TV shows. Most of you guys don't go to games anyway. So I don't know what you guys are, are, are losing. You don't go to games anyway. Reed Overhand said, what about a two to four week IR for this year for everybody who gets infected? Seems like teams could encounter situations where they don't have enough players to play. The NFL won't want the revenue loss. That makes perfect sense. I mean, you may have to have a COVID, like a COVID IR. If you have enough players that go, I mean, you have enough players that get infected, then you have to be able to pull guys off the waiver wire to be able to fill for those players. I mean, that's an excellent idea. They're going to have to be very creative. Um, you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be very creative uh, in terms of how they manage this. Let me jump into another question from Albert Wilbur. He said, "I can understand the worry, the risk, but the NFL will generate so much more revenue when the other leagues hold back." I mean, I mean again, it, it goes into this money versus health. And look, I, I'm a thousandaire. I'm not a millionaire or a billionaire. Billionaires losing money is not a problem for me. I, I just, I just, it, it, it's not a problem for me. I am okay with it. Let me jump to another question from my co-host of the program, Albert Fujisaki. Now, Albert, I've answered more questions of you than anybody on the show. And that's because I know, Alfred, you are going to be a super spreader of this show. From me answering all of your questions, you're going to subscribe to the podcast, to the YouTube channel. You're going to tell 150,000 people. And tomorrow when we look up, we're going to have 7,500 subscribers on YouTube. And our podcast platform is going to absolutely explode because Alfred is going to be the one to make it happen. Let me jump into this question. I think they showed, I'm assuming, um, or the NFL, Great flexibility with what they did with the draft. I think they can make games more personal and allow fans to take a peek behind the curtain into how and what goes on during the game. He's exactly right. I mean, he's he's exactly right. This is a production. This is a TV show. As much as it is a game, it's a TV show. I mean, you could get behind the helmet. I mean, you could do all types of creative stuff. I mean, you could show play designs, different. I mean. Look, you can make this as entertaining as possible because we're all going to be watching. 
Just get creative in terms of how you present the game. I don't care if I don't see Dave Schofield's Kylo Ren helmet in the stands. I don't. I mean, maybe you you pipe in, um, you know, guys schematically breaking down stuff, giving you percentages of what was called in these situations when the Steelers were in a third and four in this area of the field, and you can pick a play and the, anything, man, anything. They can think of anything to do this. They just have to get creative. But guaranteed, guaranteed, there will be a season. Billionaires are not trying to give up this money. And they're not losing money, even if fans aren't in the stands. Their profits will just be diminished. They are making money. Their percentage of profit is just less. Let me jump into this last comment before I jump out of the program and conclude it. And I think this is the most appropriate way to end the show. And big up to you, Snowman, for the five bucks. Happy Fourth of July to you, Lance, and behind the steel curtain family. Take care, all. Thank you, Snowman. And again, I urge all of you guys out there, if you are celebrating the fourth, please do it responsibly. Please wear your mask. There is no stigma to wearing one. In fact, make it fun. Get a Steelers mask and wear it. And and go out there, socially distance, wear your mask, be responsible. Let's make sure the nation keeps the nation safe. And with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.